we find in Proverbs chapter 7 is a story that teaches the dangers of sexual sin. And it teaches the dangers of sexual sin through this story by looking at a man who falls into sexual sin himself through an interaction that he has with what Proverbs says is an adulterous woman. Now, this passage is about adultery, but, but it's about more than that. It's actually about sexual sin as a whole. It paints a picture as to how the enemy comes at us, how he attacks us, what his battle plan is in regard to sexual sin, which is why we're going to study this passage together tonight. So read with me in chapter 7, uh, Proverbs chapter 7. I'm going to start reading in verse 6. For at the window of my house, I've looked out through my lattice, and I have seen among the simple, I've perceived among the youths a young man lacking sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house, in the twilight, in the evening, at the time of night and darkness. And behold, the woman meets him, dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, and at every corner she lies in wait. She seizes him and kisses him. And with bold face she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices, and today I've paid my vows. So now I've come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly, and I have found you. I've spread my couch with coverings, colored linens from Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love till morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, with love. For my husband is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. At full moon, he will come home. Verse 21. With much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once he follows her. As an ox goes to the slaughter. Or as a, as a stag is caught fast. Till an arrow pierces its liver. As a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. Tonight, um, I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about the problem of porn, and then I want to talk about the solution to porn. I want to talk about the problem to porn and the solution to porn, hoping, again, that you will realize tonight that the cost of breaking free from porn is far less than the cost of living in slaves to So let's start with the problem of porn. And we're going to find the problem of porn right there in that last verse that we just read, verse 22. It says at the end of verse 22, I don't know if you, if you caught, I'm sorry, it's uh, the end of verse 23. At the end of verse 23, you might have caught that little phrase that says, he does not know that it will cost him his life. The problem with porn is this, that porn is not free. Porn is not free. If you're a note taker, you, you can write that little phrase down, that porn is not free. And, and here's what I mean. I'm not talking about like financially free. I'm not saying that, that porn is uh, not financially free because you can find porn that is financially free, but, but do not be confused, there is still a great cost attached to it. Like one of the reasons that porn is so dangerous is because it gives the illusion that it has no consequences. 
And, and that's exactly what the enemy wants you to think. It's just, it's exactly why you read in verse 22, uh, that little phrase that says, uh, just all at once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter. Now, you may not know much about me, but I'll just tell you, I'm not really a farmer, just never been in my set of skills. And so I read this and I'm like, I don't quite know what the author is getting at. Uh, so so I, I looked into it and really what Solomon's trying to do is he's trying to paint a picture. See, when, when cows and oxen go to the slaughterhouse, uh, they are not like rebelling. They're not moving and running away in fear. That's not how it works. They're oblivious. They just move right on into their death before they get shot between the eyes. Like, that's, that's how it goes. And, and so the picture that's being painted here is that despite what you may feel, despite what you may see, there is a cost that you will pay for pornography and sexual sin of any kind. But pornography especially. There is a cost that you will pay. And you have got to understand that cost if you're going to be willing to do whatever it takes to break free. Because again, there's a cost to breaking free. It's going to take some work. We'll talk about that in a second. But you've got to understand, if you're going to, if you're going to pay that price, you've got to understand what's on the table if you choose to live enslaved to this thing. That pornography is not free. It always carries a cost. That there's a spiritual cost to pornography. There's a spiritual cost. Pornography, it hinders your impact for God, and it hinders your intimacy with God. There's a spiritual cost. It hinders your impact for God. Like, it does not matter how involved uh, you remain in church, how many times a week you read your Bible, how many sermons you listen to per week, how many worship songs you listen to per week. None of that matters. If you regularly look at pornography, your impact for Christ is hindered. Why? It comes straight from Scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, that passage talks about money, but the principle can be applied anywhere. No one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. And so if you, if you live enslaved to pornography and sexual sin, if you look at pornography, no matter how frequently, if you keep going back to it, then it's not just a struggle. It's not just something you deal with. It's a master over you. And according to scripture, you can't serve two masters. And so your impact for Christ is hindered by this stronghold that, that exists in your life. It, it, it hinders your impact for God. It also hinders your intimacy with God. Um, just because you watch or consume porn does not mean that you're not saved. It does not mean that at all. Um, but it does mean that you cannot experience true intimacy with the Lord while you live enslaved to it. Right? That, I mean, that, that is what it means. That you can't be close to God while relying on something that is not God to meet needs that only God can meet. Does that make sense? Like, you cannot be close to your Heavenly Father while you're looking to things outside of your Heavenly Father to meet needs that only your Heavenly Father can meet. You, 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 just, you just can't do it. So pornography, it hinders intimacy with God. 
I can't tell you how many times someone has come up to me, college student, whoever, has come up to me and gone, man, I just feel far from God right now. I haven't felt him in a while, and I really want to. And so, you know, you begin to kind of walk down the path of asking questions. Like, all right, how's your prayer life? How's your time in the Word? And they're like, I'm doing all these things. And and you you just begin talking to them, and you kind of finally get to the question like, hey, how's, how's your purity? Like, is pornography a thing? How's your relationship with that boyfriend, girlfriend? And oftentimes... The answer to that question is, I'm not, not doing so well in that area. That, that sin, this kind of sin, and just as well as, as any other kind of sin, it hinders, when you are enslaved to it, it hinders your intimacy with your Heavenly Father because you're looking to something or someone that is not your Heavenly Father to meet needs that only your Heavenly Father can meet. So it hinders your impact for Christ. And and it hinders your intimacy with Christ. There's a spiritual cost to pornography that you will pay if you live enslaved to it. Not only is there a spiritual cost, there's also a relational cost. There's a a relational cost. If we look back in verse 19 of our passage, uh, we'll see where uh, this adulterous woman says, Hey, my husband's not home. He's gone on a long journey. What that verse tells us, is that this kind of sin, it comes at the expense of other relationships. Like, no matter how inconsequential viewing pornography may seem, there is a ripple effect that will that will trickle into other relationships as you regularly consume pornography. One of the most important relationships uh, that is affected by, your, uh, by consuming porn is your future marriage. Like, like, as, as you view porn, you are affecting real-time your future marriage in a very negative way. How? Well, first and foremost, you're creating unrealistic expectations. As you watch porn, you're creating unrealistic expectations surrounding sex and surrounding how you interact with your spouse. Because when you watch porn, understand, like, you're watching actors, okay, who are taught to respond a certain way, to act a certain way, so that your fantasy uh, gets stirred in the, in the right way, right? That, that's what you're watching when you watch porn. And so what's taking place is your view of sex is being hijacked. Now you're developing slowly but surely, you're conditioning your mind into this pornified version of sex. And what it's doing is it's creating unrealistic expectations that without you even knowing, you're going to carry into marriage one day. Like you're going to put those expectations on your spouse and they will not measure up to the thing uh, that you have in your mind because it's, it's not real. Like, like that is not what, uh, that is not a picture of what sex is, how God designed it to work. Right? And so you're creating unrealistic expectations. Not only that, there's, there's a lot of studies that have come out lately uh, that shows that porn consumption leads to sexual dysfunction. Okay, 
I'm talking like ED. I'm talking again. I know that's awkward, but some like th these are the things that are just not said from stage. These are the things that you guys really need to hear, right? I, I realize that it's awkward, but let's push through the awkward together tonight because there, like studies are literally showing that that watching porn is linked to sexual dysfunction, meaning you and your spouse on your honeymoon night step into that hotel room and it's just, like it's just not happening. Okay, and, and I say that, and you're going like, like I, so I read studies. It's true, but like, it's not just studies. Like, I genuinely, I know people who who have faced this reality. Honeymoon night, like it's it's just not happening. It this this sin comes at a great cost. It comes, it comes at a substantial cost. And, and what happens is these unrealistic expectations or sexual dysfunction, uh, they are going to lead in your marriage one day to insecurity. Because your spouse is going to look at you and they're going to be like, is it me? Like, is it my fault? And they're going to begin to become insecure. And, and insecurity is going to lead to mistrust. And mistrust is going to lead to bitterness. And it's this downward spiral that eventually leads to things like divorce. Like, I, I hope you guys understand. I hope you see that porn is not free. And we could spend uh, we could spend so much time talking about how it's not free. That's just a flyover of the impact that it has on, on our minds, on our relationships. But this thing, it, it is not free. Not only is it not free to you. But it's also not free to the people who are the subject of it. It's not free to the people that you're looking at. Did you know that according to the cases reported to the National Human Trafficking Hotline in 2020, pornography has moved to the number one venue where trafficking uh, cases were reported within the United States? Uh, Condensed down into layman's terms, pornography is now the most common setting of human trafficking today. And so when you watch pornography, you're becoming a part of the problem, not a part of the solution to modern-day slavery. I, I listened to a, another podcast this week, um, and I'll tell you guys about this one. Um, it's called Becoming Something with Jonathan Pakluda. Incredible podcast. I listen to it like almost every week. A couple months ago, they did. Um, uh, they had an interview with a guy who's now a pastor, but he he used to actually act um, in like porn films, right? He's, he's now a pastor. His life's changed. He's got a family. Incredible story. But in this podcast, he begins to talk about the reality of the backstage of the porn industry. He talks about all these friends that he had um, who, who like 30 different friends or something like that that he knew that had either committed suicide or were murdered because of the reality uh, that the backstage of the porn industry is just evil. The whole thing, the whole thing is it, just filled with evil. It is one of the, the enemy's primary tools that he uses today. And so when not only is, is porn a cost to you, but it's also a cost to the other people, the subjects of it, when you partake in it, right? Porn is not free. It comes at a great cost. It is free to no one. And there is a significant price that you will pay to be enslaved to it. 
both you and other people. Now that's that's the heavy part of our time together tonight, right? Because I told you, I, I want you, I want you to leave tonight realizing that the cost of living enslaved to porn is a way greater cost than the cost that you're going to pay to break free from. Right? So, so I know that's heavy. I know it's like, are you kidding me? Like, tell a joke, something like that. But, I, like, you've got to hear that if we're going if, if, if to get on board with doing whatever it takes to break free from this thing. It is serious. Right? And, and, and it is something that has a deep impact in your life, whether you see it now or not. So that's the problem with porn. But let's talk about the solution. Let's talk about the solution. So um, the problem with porn is that porn is not free. Uh, tonight, you can write down that the solution for porn is this. Win the battle to win the war. Win the battle to win the war. I'll read a verse to you, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. I think this is a perfect verse as, as we step into talking about the solution to pornography. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. What does that verse tell us? That freedom is available to you. Like that is a radically important theological truth that you need to understand as we begin to talk about the solution to porn. You need to understand that God will never allow you to be tempted in such a way that you have no choice but to commit sin. It does not happen. There is always a way out, plain and clear here in Scripture. That's good news. Like that is such good news to all of us. So freedom is available. And so uh, let's talk about how we can take that way out. The fight against pornography, it really, y'all, it has to happen on two fronts. I like to say it like this. It's got to it's gotta take place, first of all, um, in, in a battle, in the battles, right? So you've got the battles and you've got the wars. When I talk about the battle of pornography, I'm talking about, like, individual instances, like you, uh, in, in, in a moment of compromise, right? Like your mind is going there uh, when you are tempted in a, in a single moment. That's what I'm talking about when I say uh, the battle. You find yourself in a compromising situation. So, so that's the battle, and we've got to win the battle if we're going to win the war. And when I say the war, I mean, I, I mean this. If you only ever, when it comes to pornography, if you only ever try to fight individual battles— you're going to find yourself exhausted and burnt out, and oftentimes it's going to lead to you giving up. Many of you, if you came in here and, man, you've been enslaved to this thing for, for years, you, you know good and well what I'm saying. Like, if you have this mentality that you're fighting, you're just fighting individual battles, you're going to get burnt out, you're going to find yourself so frustrated. So we don't only, we don't just need a battle plan. We've got to have a plan for the war, like like big time strategy, overarching uh, strategy to win this thing once and for all. So winning the war starts by winning battles, learning to by learning to say no. Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty three uh, says this: Above all else, 
Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. What that verse tells us is that your heart is, it does not just want things because it wants things. It wants things when it's fed things, right? Like everything you do flows from your heart. Your heart doesn't just have like this mind of its own and, uh, and, and does things like however it wants. It's wicked and deceitful. However, your heart doesn't just want what your heart wants. Your heart wants what your heart is fed. Right? And so we've got to understand that if we're going to win these battles. Why? Because if our, heart, if our heart wants what it's fed, then what our responsibility is if we're going to win the battle is we've got to start to feed our heart a different diet. We've got to begin to curb its appetite. We've got to starve it of the things that, that, it, that we are feeding it that's leading it down the path of being tempted towards pornography and begin to feed it a different diet so that, it, so that its appetite will be curbed. That's what it looks like to win the battle. Let's talk practically about what that means. I'll, sh- I'll show you that really quickly in Proverbs chapter 7. It says that that very principle that we just read, uh, verse 25 Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Don't stray into her paths. That's this teacher who who wrote this chapter looking back going, here's what he should have done differently. He shouldn't have allowed his heart to go down that path. And so for us, when you're in a battle, two things. If we're going to win the battle, two things. Retrace your steps and eliminate the source. Retrace your steps and eliminate the source. And here's what that means. Uh, again, the, the things that, like the, the temptations that you feel, the, the places that your heart wanders, it doesn't just get there on its own. There's something that takes place, some sort of a catalyst that leads it down that road. And so when you find yourself in a moment where you're being tempted, where, where you're being tempted to look at porn, in that moment, whether it's on the front end uh, and, and you catch it before it takes place or it's on the back end and you are like shameful and feeling guilty in that moment if we're going to win the battle what you've got to do is begin to retrace your steps you've got to begin to walk back down the path and figure out what caused my heart to move this direction in the first place i, I remember um like last week week before um Aaliyah comes to me we're at home she she comes to me and she's like hey our trash can smells terrible. And I'm like, yeah, because it's a trash can. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, I took the garbage out, and it smells terrible. And I'm like, okay, let me let me go look. Probably just something inside the trash, you know, like the garbage can itself. And so I go over there. I pull out the empty garbage bag. I look. It's kind of, it's like spotless. I'm looking under the trash can because she's right. It stinks. And, and I'm going, like, I'm talking nothing. Everything's completely clean. I'm looking at this area. But it smells awful. And so I'm I'm going, I'm baffled. What what is the deal? And so what I do is I start to follow my nose. Alright, so I, I'm I'm sniffing it out, and what what's actually going on is right next to our trash can, we have an espresso machine. And under the espresso machine, there's this little drip tray. And at some point, I guess I had spilled some milk in this drip tray. And so we're smelling not the trash can, but moldy, sour milk, right? And what it took was was me retracing my steps, following the trail to get to the source. 
And that's what we got to do when it comes to pornography. We've got to get to a place where we're, we're retracing our steps and figuring out what is the source that caused my heart to move in this direction. All right? So that could be anything. It's up to you to figure it out. That in that moment, when you're tempted or right after, you now begin to evaluate. You go, okay, what was I just thinking about right before? What caused me to think about that? What was I doing uh, in, in order to, to lead my heart in that direction? What, what's kind of the, the natural progression of my heart? And there's no telling what you might find. It, it could be anything. It could be, man, I came home from school exhausted and frustrated, and I was by myself. It could be that I just had, I, I was in a moment where I had way too much free time. It could be that, that I got sucked into the social media black hole. Planned on getting on Instagram for like, you know, 30 seconds, was on it for three hours. It, it could be a movie. Not, and I'm not talking about like, it doesn't have to be an R-rated movie. Like it could be a PG-13 movie with a scene in it uh, that showed just a little too much skin. It, it could be anything. It could be simple things. It could be like not inherently sinful things even. But when we retrace our steps and we find the source, our job is to eliminate the source. Right? Our, our job is, is not, it, it's to eliminate the source. Uh, it doesn't, it's not just like adjust. It's not like, oh man, that area of my life needs more attention. No, our job is to eliminate the source altogether. And that's not like a, a me tactic. This, this is like straight from Matthew chapter 5. If your right eye causes it to sin, gouge it out, throw it away. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God without an eye or without a hand than for your entire body to be thrown into hell. Take drastic measures. Eliminate the source altogether. That's what that verse is saying. And I, I understand that comes at a cost. I understand that this might not be something that you, that, that you want to do. How bad do you want to break free? Like, like if, if, you're go, if, if you hear this and you're going, man, I just don't want to do that. I just don't want to give up social media. I just don't want to give up my phone. I just don't want to give up fill in the blank, whatever it is. That's fine. Just be honest with yourself enough to say, I'm going to pay the price of living enslaved to, to, to pornography. Just be, just be honest with yourself and say that. Because that's, that's what you're saying, right? You, we've got to take drastic measures, and it's, it's probably a more drastic measure than you think. Eliminate the source. Right, so so if it's you and you, like the source for you is that you came home from school, you're exhausted and frustrated. Well, you can't really help the exhausted and frustrated thing, but you came home and you were by yourself. And spend some more time in the library. Wait on those roommates to get home so that you're not all alone. If it's that man, I've got too much free time on my hands. Well, join a club, take up running, like play chess, something. Okay, fill that fill that white space in your calendar. Okay, um, if, if it's social media, I, like I'll just tell you guys, it is it is free to give up social media. And I've noticed that this is becoming it's growing in popularity. How many people have given up social media in here? Okay, awesome, super cool. Um, listen, I I have like I still have an Instagram account. Um, 
I have not posted in like since it snowed last time in Georgia. I guess I felt that was post worthy. Um, but like I, I had like one of the things that helped helped me get free from, from like this vice in my life was getting rid of social media. Because because earlier I said that right now like Pornhub is the number one website and officially. I think unofficially it's social media. I, I really do. These algorithms and things like that, that uh, that target posts for exactly the way that your mind is is wired, they are a dangerous thing. I'm telling you, I just think unofficially it might be social media that's at the top of the list. So, so you might need to get rid of social media altogether. And I'll just tell you, it's not as intimidating as it seems. If it's, uh, it, it could be, you know, we said, like it could be that the source was a movie. Okay, man, you might need to just, like, be bold and go, I'm just not going to watch movies that are questionable at all. Like, it might take something more drastic than you have in your mind. But whatever it is, you've got to eliminate the source. That's how we win the battle. Let's talk about how we win the war, and we'll be done. So when we talk about the war, we're talking about the big overarching uh, idea. What's our strategy to fight this thing? Big picture. Two things. Fight frequently and fight together. Fight frequently and fight together. When I say fight frequently, here's what I mean. A lot of times, the way that people attack this thing is that they're in like a moment where they've just fallen, they've just looked at porn, and they're shameful and guilty and all these different things, and they go, I'm never going to look at porn again! They just like stab the flag in the ground and rally cry. And then next week comes around, and they're like, what did I say back then? I cannot remember what it was. Uh, and, and that's just like that's just how it goes. But and and that's not a problem. Like there's nothing wrong with saying that. You might like you might really need to put your foot in the ground and, and say that. And you should say that. But if if your strategy is that, and you've been enslaved to this thing for years, you might just need to adjust your scope a little bit. Okay? Uh, here's what I mean. Rather than trying to say, I will never look at porn again my entire life, that's the goal. But go say this instead. Say, I'm not going to look at porn today. And then the next day, say, I'm not going to look at porn today. And then the next day, say, I'm not going to look at porn today. One day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time. It's a much more manageable goal one that, that will bring you freedom, uh, I'm telling you, I, I think it will change your perspective. One day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time. Fight frequently. The reason that I say that, uh, and, and for you, I'll, I'll say this, for you it might not be a day. It might be a, one hour at a time. It might be like, hey, this hour, I'm not, I'm not, not going to let my mind go there. And then this hour, I'm not going to let my mind go there. And then one hour at a time. Whatever it takes for you. But here's the reality. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. The reality about our enemy is this. is He never takes an hour off, so neither can we. The minute that we allow ourselves to be distracted, the minute that we, that we take our foot off the gas in trying to defeat this thing is the, the, the minute... He will pounce. So fight frequently. Not only should we fight frequently, but we should fight together. We should fight together. 
you know, one of the reasons, uh, one of the ways that pornography grows is in the darkness. And I don't mean like physical darkness, like dark room. Uh, I mean like when it's kept secret. When it's kept hidden so that you're the only one who knows. And the only thing that dispels the darkness is the light. And so there is power in bringing this thing into the light. It's why scripture tells us to confess our sins to one another. Right? And so I'm not saying that we need to like line up and all grab the microphone and talk about you know what we're dealing with. I'm saying that what we need to do is we need to fight together. Like you need a group of people that you can just confess to and rely on. And here's what that looks like practically. Like a couple of guys, a couple of girls that, that you can just be real with and they can ask you and you can ask them, hey, are you feeding your flesh? Are you allowing yourself to step into compromising situations each and every day? If it's, if it's necessary to do it multiple times a day, then do it. Here's what I know. This might feel like a really intimidating or awkward thing to ask somebody else. But can we just like, for this, for this room, can we just say that's just not a thing? Right? Like, because the reality is most of us in here have struggled with uh, or are struggling with this thing. And so we're just not going to be a group of people that, that feels awkward about going up to somebody and saying, hey, can, can we can we hold each other accountable in this area? We fight together because there's power in bringing this thing into the light. Not only is daily accountability something where it's like ask each other questions. It could also be like there are platforms that are available online. Called, uh, there's one called Covenant Eyes, super popular one. Covenant Eyes is uh, simply something that links to your internet browser. You set up a partner, and so anytime that you search something questionable on your internet browser, your partner is notified uh, via email, via text message, and they can get in contact with you and ask you what's up. We gotta fight together. We gotta take drastic measures, and that might be something that that you hear and you kind of laugh at. I wonder if it might be a tool that could take you a step closer towards freedom from pornography. We've got to win the battle so that we can win the war. Y'all, this thing is it's beatable. It's beatable. It may not feel like it right now, but it is beatable. However, if you think for a second that you, in your strength, can defeat it by yourself. And I don't just mean like you and other people. Like I'm talking, it can't, it cannot be human strength. It's got to be the strength of Almighty God. You relying on His strength to do for you what only He can do. And, and so tonight, I, I want to leave you with one last thing. Um, as the band comes, we're gonna enter into a time of response. I'm going to leave you with one last thing, and that's this. You need to see pornography as the solution, not the problem. You need to see pornography as the solution, not the problem. And I'm not saying that wrong. Here's what I mean. A lot of people think that when it comes to viewing porn, they think that's problem. I've got to attack pornography. But you need to start to see pornography not as the problem, but as a solution that you are, you are trying to use to solve a deeper problem. Does that make sense? Like, you need to begin to see porn as somewhere that something that you're looking 
uh, at, to be a solution to a deeper problem. And that could be a problem of insecurity. That could be a problem of control. That could be a, a problem of, of feeling like you need some sort of pleasure. It could be any kind of problem that you are looking to something that is not Jesus to meet. And, and it is simply a need that, that is exclusively met by Jesus. Right? So we need to see pornography not as not as the the problem that we're trying to solve. We need to see it as, hey, this is like I'm looking to pornography as a wrong solution to a problem that exists that I'm trying to solve with something other than Jesus. And so tonight, man, I don't know, I don't know how you walked into this room, but I know this. I know that if you deal with pornography or any other sin uh, equivalent, that what you're doing is you're looking to someone who's not Jesus, something that's not Jesus, to meet a need that only Jesus can meet. And I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus is the only one that can satisfy your deepest needs. He is the only one that can ultimately give you freedom from the sins that you're facing, including in slavery to pornography. So tonight... Maybe the step that you need to take is you need to, for the first time, go, hey, I'm just ready to give up control. I'm ready uh, for the first time in my life to invite Jesus into my heart because it's, if, if it's not for him, I can never beat this thing on my own. Maybe that's your response tonight. I'm going to invite us all to stand. My prayer tonight has been that there would be people tonight who would find freedom, not because of anything that I've said, not because uh, of anything, uh, any illustration, any sort of principle, nothing that was up on the screens, but because there is actual freedom that is available to you, to you tonight through the power of Jesus. And so my prayer has been, Lord, would we see chains broken tonight? Would we see strongholds fall tonight uh, because of what you can do? And so as, as the band leads us in this next worship song, I want you to process through, man, what is my response uh, to this sin? What, what, is, what step do I need to take that's a step towards freedom tonight? I will be up here um, after the service. Any questions that you have, I'd love to answer them. I'll stay here until you guys are done asking questions, but I'll be available if you've got any questions. I uh, just need to talk. would love to have that conversation with you. Let me pray, and we'll, uh, we'll respond as the Lord leads. God, we love you. We praise you. Uh, God, we give you all the glory and honor because you deserve it. And so, Lord, uh, we ask tonight, God, that you would break chains, that, that we would see people who have been held captive by this, uh, this problem of pornography, that they would be released in the power of Jesus. God, that we would see people set free, made new, uh, that truly the old self would die tonight. Lord, we ask these things in your name.